Welcome to the Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. We are a Bible-believing church located in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. We are proudly part of the Christian Fellowship Ministries with 3,000 churches around the world. We are a church focused on world evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Here we will share recent sermons from PHSA Church and other sermons from throughout our fellowship. I am Pastor David Bickford, and I will be your host for this podcast. I thank you for listening today, and we hope these messages are a blessing to you and bring you closer to God. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I have a message I've entitled today, a 3M Sermon, Movement, Momentum, and Motivation. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all who are listening, who are subscribing, who are sharing this podcast. The goal of this podcast is simply to bring forth the gospel of Jesus Christ, the simple gospel that you know Jesus uh, is the Son of God. He was sent to, he's God incarnate, and through his sacrifice on the cross, he, he has made it possible for us to be redeemed from our, our life of sin, and so that if you repent of your sin, give your life to Jesus Christ, you will make heaven your home, you will have salvation through grace from our Father in heaven. And that's as simple as, simple as it can get. But today, for I put together a message called the 3M Sermon, Movement, Momentum, and Motivation. So I just want to say, Lord, I pray that you will open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your word. Amen. So let's go ahead and look at our text as a jumping off point today. And that's going to be John 5, verses 1 through 9. So John 5, 1 through 9. This is the the, the healing pool at, at, on the Sabbath you know, story from the Gospel of John. And so in verse 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In the, in these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at a certain season in the pool and stirred the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years, and when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going out going, another you know, one, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up and take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. So as an intro to this this message, I just want to you know talk a little bit about the Live Hard program. This is something that I I've been doing for the last couple of years. This is not a a Christian program. This is but this is a mindset program that I stumbled across. It's been very useful to me and in my life. And so I started back on this uh, this program you know a while back, and I was in the third phase of of this larger program. And I got to tell you, this program is truly hard. This is this is what I had to do during this period of time. I had to follow a diet. It was a diet of my own cho- choice. I mostly eat like a ketogenic diet because of inflammatory reasons uh, from previous you know injuries from the military. 
some nerve damage and stuff like that. So, so eating a ketogenic diet helps me to mitigate, you know, uh, in inflammation in my body. So that's what the diet I had to follow. I also had to do uh, two 45 minute workouts. And one of those 45 minute workouts has to be outside, regardless of weather. I had to do three critical power list items. And those are things that you cho you're choosing as well. So these are three goals that you want to accomplish that you feel are going to help you win the day. Uh, and then with this phase, I also had, you know, with a couple of the phases of this program, you have to take five minute cold showers. And then you also have to go out and talk to a stranger every day. You have to take a selfie to just gauge your progress. You have to drink a gallon of water every day. You have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, some sort of book that's going to help you again to achieve your goals in life. So you could have that being read 10 pages of the Bible every day if you want to focus in on your spiritual growth. But you have to do that every day. And then no alcohol or cheap meals, which is fine. I haven't drinking in over 20 years. And, you know, cheap meals, if you're eating, you know, a, a strict ketogenic diet, you don't have a lot of room for cheap meals because that's a lot of carbs typically. And that'll take you out off a of program. And then you also have to do like a random act of kindness. So now something of this random act of kindness that's interesting is it can be something like picking up trash in and around your area. It could be, you know, going and helping somebody specifically, or it could be, you know, donating to a, to, you know, a, a group or, or some, you know, some sort of charity. So these are all things you have to do, but you have to do this stuff in the third phase of the live hard program. You have to do this every day for 30 days. And if you miss a day, not only do you fail phase three, but you end up failing the whole live hard program for the year because you have to do phase three of this program within the last 30 days of the year long program. So this is a, a challenging mental toughness kind of program. So what's the point of this craziness? Like, why do I bring up this, this mental toughness challenge in reference to this sermon? The point for me was when I started this program, you know, it's, it's been a, about almost two years ago that I started, you know, getting into this, this program. I'm, I'm currently, I'm, so I guess a year and a half, I'm currently about, you know, halfway through the second year of Live Hard right now. And it was the goal for me was to stop making excuses. Oftentimes we'll sit idly by waiting for someone else to do the work for us. And we're all searching for that easy button. And the reality is there's no easy button in life. What we're told in the scripture is that we have to move in order to start seeing our path forward. Movement is the first step, and it will be the first M that we look at during this message as well. But before we go there, I would like to give you a little bit, you know, of another, you know, illustration, something that I find pretty interesting, because there's probably another 3M that you may have heard of. 3M is, is, a, is a company that's been around a long time, and it has a very rich history. And I've, I've had the privilege of selling some 3M products in different roles that I've had in in my sales career but i just i think it's i think it's an inspiring story here so let's let's look at the 3m as a, as a company more than a century ago 3m started as a small scale mining venture in northern minnesota then at that point in time it was named minnesota mining and manufacturing company but now as a global powerhouse their products improve the daily lives of people around the world but their success and longevity were not apparent from the start. They tried, they failed, they tried something new. 
repeating that cycle over and over again. Innovation and perseverance drove their founders and it continues to drive what they like to consider themselves or call themselves today, 3Mers, even in today's history. I have a friend who works for 3M and he is, uh, so he's definitely a 3Mer. He works with the uh, with a specific part of the industry that focuses on automated automotive products and in a sense of like paint and, and you know, sealants and coatings and different things, abrasives to a certain extent. He's very proud of the work that he does with 3M. And when I was selling 3M product, it was mostly on the health and safety standpoint or product lines. So respirators, different different kinds of you know medicinal medical equipment and things of that nature. But anyway, 3M came from humble beginnings, and now today it's a Fortune 500 company. When it began in 1902, the five founders had a simple goal to mine for corundum, a mineral that was ideal for making sandpaper and grinding wheels. But what turns out that they thought corundum was really a different, you know, what they thought they had was corundum was really another low-grade mineral called anorthosite. Discovering the poor quality mineral could have caused an early end to the fledgling company, but their founder persisted. Why did he persist? Because something more important was born that first year. The spirit of innovation and collaboration that forms the foundation of 3M today. So instead of calling it quits, they turned to a different material, applied them to other products, and gained the trust of an important investors and built up sales little by little. Scientific and technical marketing innovations produced the success upon success over the years, eventually making 3M a constant name on the Fortune 500 list. Today, more than 60,000 3M products are used in homes, businesses, schools, hospitals, and other industries. One third of their sales come from products invented within the past five years. Thanks to those innovations, from thousands of researchers and scientists that are that are 3M employees around the world. With corporate operations in over 70 countries and sales in over 200 countries, they're committed to creating a technology, technology and products that advance every company, enhance every home, and improve every life. Now, I'm not trying to sell you on 3M. I just think it's relevant to the overall idea of this message, which is that movement creates momentum. Momentum creates motivation. And motivation paired with determination maintains perpetual movement. So I'll say that again. Movement creates momentum. Momentum creates motivation. And motivation paired with determination maintains perpetual movement. So that brings me to my first point, which is movement. When we look at this story in the Bible, like from that we read, you know, at the very beginning, and John 5 verses 1 through 9, the healing pool on the Sabbath. What we see is that, and what should resonate with you is that when God heals, when God blesses, when God moves, he expects us to move also. There is an expectancy from the Lord that we, we pick ourselves up and get moving. Why do you think that that is? Like, what do you think is the purpose behind that? What is it about movement that is so important to the kingdom of God and even to our own lives, our own health, and our own mindset. In Acts 9, 32 through 35, we see the healing of Ananias. Now, now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydia. There he found a man named Ananias bedridden for eight years who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. 
and immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydia and Sharon saw him. They and they turned to the Lord. In Acts 12, 6 through 9, Peter is rescued. We see in you know in, in this portion of scripture. So let's go ahead and read verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell, and he struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands, and the angel said to him, Dress yourself, put on your sandals, and he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And when he went out and followed him. When Jesus prayed for the sick, he expected something to happen in in the recipient of the gift. There is a built-in need for us to move when when we squash that need to become sickly in either mind or spirit. In the article titled, How Simply Moving Benefits Your Mental Health from Harvard, we can see that it is true that the movement has some power to heal. While it is obvious that your feelings can influence your movement, it is not as obvious that your movement can impact your feelings too. For example, when you feel tired and sad, you may move more slowly. When you feel anxious, you may either rush around or become completely paralyzed. But recent studies show that the connection between your brain and your body is a two-way street. And that means movement can change your brain too. This two-way street is part of the reason why movement is needed when God moves. Our faith is strengthened when we move in faith. You will never grow your faith by sitting around and waiting for God to move. Yes, it is true that God can move on your behalf, but let's be real. But let's be real here. Let's back up. Let's think about this. If you have any relationship with God, then he has moved and now it is your turn. When God decided to judge the earth with the flood, he said to Noah to build an ark. And Noah, by faith, began moving. We see this in Genesis 6, 13 through 14 in the verse 22. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through, through, through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, and cover it inside and out with pitch. In verse 22, Noah did this. He did all that God had commanded him. When Abraham was called by God, he moved by faith. Genesis 12, 1 1 through 5. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house into the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. These are just two examples of movement by faith. Even with these two examples, though, we can see a pattern that's being set. God speaks, and then we're expected to, by faith, move. We are created to move our bodies and are designed for movement. And our minds are built to learn and to be challenged. In fact, studies show that there are several ways to reduce age-related decline, like dementia and Alzheimer's, and that's through exercise, diet, and mental exercise. So that brings me to my next point, which is momentum. In Deuteronomy 34, 7, it says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye, eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now that we have talked about movement, let's look at the inertia before we get to movement or momentum. In science, inertia is the property of matter that stays at rest or continues moving in a straight line so long as it's not acted upon by an external force. This is also Newton's first law of motion. Inertia, an object at rest, tends to stay at rest unless acted upon by an outside force. Here's a simple illustration. The car had a change in motion or momentum, but the giraffe resisted the change. Ouch. Still confused? That car resisted the change in motion or, you know, or momentum of the giraffe. Its inertia kept it still. So inertia describes an object's resistance to change in motion or lack of motion, and momentum describes how much motion it has. When we consider our earlier point that God speaks and then there is an expectation of movement on our part, we can see that God is that external force that is being applied to us to push us out of our state of stillness. Momentum is your force or the speed of movement, but inertia is what keeps you going. That is why it's important to, well, that's why it's important to this point. God calls us to move by faith, therefore pushing us out of our inertia or of stillness. As we move and live by faith, our momentum or movement is now in a new direction. God continues to challenge us to move forward, and that force increases our momentum, and now our inertia is tied to that movement. Let's go back to the Live Hard program and why I would do something this ridiculous. I tend to have a personality that wavers between idleness and excessiveness. What do I mean by that? I mean, I can easily fall into extreme laziness, or I can be compelled into extreme activeness. Some would characterize me as being either, uh, you know, zero miles per hour or a hundred miles per hour with no in between. So for me, it's incredibly useful to have a plan laid out before me to keep challenging me, to keep pushing me to the finish line. The point of the Live Hard program is mental toughness. It's not a fitness, but the reality is that when you work on your mental toughness, you will see benefits in all areas of your life. Now let's tie this back to the word of God. In our text, we see that Jesus healed the invalid of 38 years. If we pick up this portion of scripture and we and we go back, you know, in verse 10, we get to see the rest of the story. So John 5, 10 through 17, now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. And as there was a crowd in, a, a crowd in the place, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. God wants us to move. He exerts force upon us when he moves, but it requires our faith to be the catalyst and to get us moving in his direction. Here we see the paralyzed man was healed by Jesus and he by faith got up and moved. That in the end that in the end and of itself is not enough for God though. He wants us to use that new inertia 
to move in his direction, to continue accelerate and gain more momentum. That's why Jesus goes back to the man and tells him, sin no more. We're all called to leave behind our past idleness and move toward God. Gaining momentum, growing in faith, God gives us clear instructions in the Bible, and we should follow the pattern and move in faith. This brings me to my final point, which is motivation. This 3M idea is a circular idea. Movement creates momentum. Momentum creates motivation. Motivation paired with determination maintains perpetual movement. All right? So as I close, let's look at motivation. Oftentimes, we look at motivation as happening first. This can be true, but in the sense of salvation, we are first prompted by the Holy Spirit. Paul was not motivated to convert to Christianity by his own motivation. Paul's conversion happened through divine intervention. And we could see that in Acts 9, verses 1 through 19. We see that his story throughout the entire Bible, God intervenes, and that it is the first spark of faith or motivation that gets us moving. That is not what I'm talking about here, though. What I'm looking at here is the fruit that comes from moving and building a history of movement or momentum. As we look at before, inertia is the state of being. We are either idle or in some state of movement, but whatever that state of inertia is, the force that will either keep us moving or keep us still outside of any other force. But praise God, we're, we're moving now. We are, we are increasing in faith and we have built a good head of steam or momentum. How do we keep it? How do we maintain our focus, direction, or faith? This is what Paul was talking about in 2 Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight. I had finished the race. I've kept the faith. This is what Jesus was talking about when he healed the paralytic. In John 5.14, it says, After where Jesus found him in the temple and said to them, See, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. We have to fight to maintain our movement and our momentum. How do we go about this? is what sets apart those who persevere for Christ and those who abandon Christ. I am motivated versus I am determined. In a lot of conversations, you could probably say either sentence and get the same idea across, yet there is a difference. To put in the words of executive coach Jamie Durahi, motivation is what gets you started. Determination is what helps you finish what you've started. If we're determined to do something, we'll stay on it, even after the the initial motivation disappears. Here's an idea. Here's an illustration of the idea. Doing nothing at all versus making small, consistent efforts. So if you take 1.00 and you put that to the power of 365, that's doing nothing at all, you will end with 1.00. If, on the other hand, you are doing even the most minute efforts, so you're at 1.01, and you multiply that for the year, so you put it to the power of 365, that equals out to 37.7. So the smallest incremental increase can create dramatic results when compared to sitting in idleness. This works out with playing you know, music and and learning a new instrument or learning a new language. If you practice even five minutes a day on something, at the end of the year, you would have practiced 
you know, many, many minutes. And you're going to be way further ahead with whatever that you task or hobby is, whether it's music or a language, than you would be if you did nothing every day. Some people say, well, I wish I could learn French or I wish I could learn the piano, but they will spend zero time a day on it and then they get no results from it. Whereas if the people who spend even the smallest amount of time on it can come back the next year and say, I've made some improvement. So in closing, we need a, a track record, a movement that shows our active faith. This movement over time builds momentum and inertia caused by that movement and an increasing momentum is what will provide us the motivation and determination to break through walls, overcome obstacles, and persist in our faith till the end. So in closing, I would just say, take up your bed and walk. Do what little you can do every day. Because even what little you can do every day is better than doing nothing. If all you can do is read a verse a day of the Bible, then do that. If all you can do is pray for a couple minutes a day, then do that. And over time, try to increase and strengthen those, those things, making yourself incrementally better every week, every month, every year. But just like Jesus told the paralytic, take up your bed and walk. And he actually says later on, right? He says, sin no more. Because if God has set you free from the bondage of sin, then we should be consistently trying to move closer to Christ. Because that's what it means to be Christian, to be Christ-like. We're striving towards perfection. We're never going to reach it here on earth. But it doesn't give you an excuse not to strive for it. So take up your bed and walk. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed real quick, of course, if you need to keep your eyes on the road, please do. I know it's a stupid joke and I say it every time, but, you know, just humor me. If this message has impacted you in any way and you've recognized that, you you know what? I know I'm a sinner, but I know that Jesus died for my sins and I want to accept him. You can do that. You can signify that with an uplifted hand. I can't see it, but God can. And he knows your heart. I'll never know your heart, but he knows your heart. So if that's you then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that your son, Jesus, died on the cross for my sins. I turn from my sin and accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for the gift of grace that washes away all my sins and for salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen. Very simple prayer. And if you said that with conviction and meaning in your heart, I know that you felt a difference in your life. And I know that God's going to help you. He promises that he's going to help you. So what do you do next, right? That's always the question. Well, I, what I recommend is you you get a good you get a, a a good Bible. You start reading a little bit every day. You can get the the U version app. There's all sorts of translations on there. It's free, and you can read the Bible every day. I, I recommend you pray even for a little bit every day, and then you know the last thing is find a Bible believing church. Now, if you're in the Salmon Arm, reach out. Come and visit us. We're, we have a, we're holding, you know, small, we're, we're a, a church plant. So we're holding small services at, at the Salmon Arm Innovation Center boardroom currently. But reach out to us. And you can reach us at the Potter's House, sa at iCloud.com. 
Or you can find us on Instagram as the Potter's House SA or Potter's House Seminar. And then we'd be happy to have you come in, in to Sunday service with us. Or maybe if you don't want to do that, you can meet us. We have a, a Bible study every Wednesday night at the, at the Tim Hortons on 4th. But maybe you don't live close to us because this is a podcast that goes out everywhere. And that's great, too, because we have 3, 000, over 3,500 churches globally. And if you need a church, reach out and I'll give you, you know, get you contact in contact with a great Bible believing church. I want to thank you for the time it, that you've taken to listen to me. I pray that these messages are helping you. I, I also would like to ask that you like, share, and subscribe because it really helps us to get further, you know, reach with this podcast. And the whole goal of this podcast is to get these messages out so that hopefully. The Spirit of God can work in people's lives and more people can come to Christ because we do believe we're living in the end times and we do believe that it is the great commission from Jesus to go out and spread the gospel. So thanks again for listening and I pray that you have a, a blessed day. Amen. Listen to the PHSA Potter's House Salmonar podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Potter's House underscore Salmonar to keep up to date on what we are doing. Join the conversation and discover how Jesus Christ can revolutionize your life.